0: in this week's podcast we do talk about some triggering topics there are support services at the end of this podcast this is just a pre-warning though so if you are affected by anything to do with mental health please switch off now if affected by anything to do with sight loss or blind there were plenty of resources mentioned at the end of this podcast don't forget to visit linktree forward slash malavision to find out more regarding social medias news press articles and how to get in touch thanks
1: Hello and welcome to MalaVision, the podcast that gives you the vision
2: and the voice to be heard.
0: Hello everybody, welcome to MalaVision, the podcast that gives you the vision and the voice to be heard. Today I am joined by Hester. Hello. And I am joined by Lee. And, first off, I want to get to know about you, Hester. So, okay. tell me a bit about you.
2: Okay. Um. Hi, I'm Hester. I'm 16. So, I'm currently doing my GCSEs at school, which is not that fun, I will, I will say. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's just... They're hoops that you have to jump through, but they're really annoying hoops, and the hoops have been set on fire. Anyway, um. I... I'm um, in the GB Alpine ski team, um, which is, you know, my sporting thing. That's what I want to do with my life. Um, so I'm hoping to take that to the Paralympics, hopefully in 26, um, which would be amazing. And aside from that, I am musical. I'm a choral singer. And also I have done some charity work in the past. So in year seven, I... Um, did a fundraiser for a charity called Ethiopia Aid, which is just an umbrella charity which supports a lot of groups in Ethiopia, um, including uh, the McKelly School for the Blind, where I actually visited in March of 2019. And um, I ended up raising over £30,000 for that charity, which was amazing. And it was a very good experience. Um, obviously, because of the conflict in Ethiopia at the moment, I wasn't able to go back, which is something I really wanted to do. But, you know, it, it was amazing to get to know the kids and I have contact with them to this day, which is really amazing. But yeah, so that's some of the charity work I've done. I'm now a young ambassador for that charity. So um, I have attended charity events, obviously COVID. There was less of that, but yeah, that's some of the stuff that I do.
0: Incredible. And Lee. Tell me a bit about you.
1: I am 17, nearly 18. I know I'm going to be nearly adult. What's interesting about me? I um, um, have uh, recently been uh, recognised. Um, um, out of eight hundred people, 5,000 people were nominated with the Coronation Championship Award for all the volunteering I've done for charity. Um, I am a young ambassador for a local charity to me called Sykes of Surrey. Um, they offer young people and young adults um, a lot of help um, with getting around with uh, visual impairments and death as well, hard of hearing. Um, and I've done a lot of work with them, doing a lot of talks with them, done a lot of interviews with them I even done a fundraising thing with them uh, um, a few years ago now I have down Guildford Cathedral uh, to raise some money as a young ambassador um, and that's just some of the things I've done with them and then also um, I like doing lots of stuff with radio and that's so I've done a few things with them with radio and etc I, through my school years I went to um, a school that was uh, I was the only VI person there in secondary and in primary school I went to a VI unit um, but it was still a sighted school in that sense and now I do go to a VI college in Alpinton in London, um, RSBC Dalton College um, and that's where I'm at really Wow
0: what what was it like being the only blind person in your school
1: um i tell you now um it was difficult at points um it was never perfect um it actually caused quite a lot of stress to be honest to me as my mental health um due to the work wasn't always accessible to me and mm-hmm. as youtube will be agreed here that vi is so specialist. it's it's a wide spectrum yeah. Um and, and when people say VI, it doesn't always mean you are blind. It you yeah. can still see and um and then what was hard with me mainly because obviously I know Braille and um um and knowing Braille there was only one person that knew the Braille and she was self taught as well. And um the teachers sometimes forgot to give her the work. Um oh, wow. <laughs> I know. So it, I was. Yeah, I would go to Yesin sometimes and when I went to Yesin sometimes I'd be stuck in the corner with no work and it all would be just watching a video and <laughs> we all know watching a video can't be a person is not a good start. Um, so, um, or I'd be given a worksheet that um, my one-to-one uh, would have to describe to me um, and um, that was, yeah, really mm-hmm. the way stuff went.
2: I mean, I'm, I'm the same. I went to a school um, and a second school where I was the only blind kid. And, yeah, I think I, I can agree. I think there was always something that went wrong. <laughs> was, nothing was ever just handed yeah. to you. You often had to fight for things. Um, and in- that was me or my mum, yeah.
1: And also when I'm... Um, uh, when my one-to-one was off ill and that's what happens to everyone I understand mm, yeah that. yeah uh, when my one-to-one was off ill though um I didn't have any help from anyone else I was just on my own and oh, that was God. very difficult um because no one else knew braille and if even if they did try and put a cover in it was they couldn't help me I was teaching them <laughs> so, you know you know yeah
2: yeah
1: and
0: do you think you recently spoke about self advocacy briefly. Do you think self advocacy is important in the when you've got a disability?
1: Yes, to a certain extent. You know, VI is so precious, isn't it? And um, and um, it's, uh, everyone is VI is different in, in that sense. Um, and um, and also I feel like when you're VI, you can't just throw someone into the deep end you you have to gradually bring it in uh if you like um person that um like b1 and just to make that clear b1 basically you can't see anything um and um maybe you can see a little bit and um, to, um that you know you need to learn the route you can't go to a new place on yourself that you don't know for obvious reasons
0: and what about you hester what do you think
2: uh, yeah, I agree. I think self-advocacy is something that you need to learn um, as a as a VI person because, yeah, as I, as I said, nothing is really given to you. You're you're you've been thrown into a world that just isn't accessible, and you know because of blindness is a whole spectrum. That is something that is so widely misunderstood because you know it, it's so vague that because um, I have about ten percent functional vision. And yeah, it's, no, it's really, really hard for somebody who's looking in from an outside perspective to just grasp that. Um, and so I think self-abcocacy is something that I've been taught for around the age of four, which, you know, it was really challenging for me. I had to come to terms with the fact that life isn't just going to be easy for me. And I think that it, it's something that as when you learn it, it, it does, it opens up new ways of you being able to experience things because there's a wider understanding however when you're learning when you're learning to self-advocate it feels like every door is just being slammed in your face um but yeah as i said when you've learned it and when you when you're surrounded by a network of people who who get you and who really want to support you is it does make life a lot easier but yeah self-advocacy is something that is really really essential for someone with the eye but yeah it's tough to learn but it's a good skill
0: and how important do you think that skill is
2: yeah so vital really you can't you can't go through life without it like you can manage as a teenager as a child because you have hopefully you have a support network around you of you your parents your friends your a, a ta your school hopefully yeah. i know Lee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and i
2: must say though we're i'm very lucky where
1: i am and uh, because we i do have charities and connections near me but not everyone does some people have to travel miles uh, yeah. to get support and it shouldn't be like that at all, should it? And so, no. So um, that's really where I think um, it 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 really gets difficult because this year the government uh, cut the funding for VI people by forty two percent.
2: No wow. way. And,
1: and that's obviously a massive step. And I have got this information from RNIB, by the way. So you know yeah, that that um a huge amount, and VI people, life costs more, with life, with cost of living as well, it, and VI on top of that, it costs double for VI people and a sighted person um, in that sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I you guys, will pro- uh, Malika, you're not 16 yet, are you, but um, you have to go through your PIP assessment, Lee, have you done that?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah
2: horrifying process okay (laughs) it
1: is it's not easy and um uh, because basically um it it it, because you it they don't make it easy for you at the end of the day because you you don't lie but you have to be a little bit over dramatic at the end of the day yeah to get to get this funding yeah so pip
2: is i'll just say pip is basically a disability allowance so it's is to support with equipment that you need, uh, bus tickets, all of that kind of mm. jazz, they just to support yeah. you. Yeah.
0: And do you think that, Lee, you spoke about government funding being cut for blind people. As a person, how is that with funding being cut? Has that affected you?
1: So personally, I'm very lucky. I got a family. Um, I got my mum, got my dad, um, and my. Uh, um, but that's what I'm very lucky with because I obviously don't have any bills yet to pay. But if we're talking about people vi in general, uh, you know, it's going to affect us. It's not getting easier in that sense, and that there should be more vi units out there. There should be more VI support. They should be when you go to public venues, there should be even VI um places where that can you can touch or it be descriptive. Because we go to places that are cited places like museums for example. And um, uh, and that that that's all cited. Uh, it's not visual, you know, it's not vision made for impaired people and where that I believe every piece, public venue or you know most of them at least the should have a place where we can go and it should be feel like it's advertised as well. Um we don't have to inquire about it, it you know in that sense.
0: Well yeah I mean we were we were speaking yesterday weren't we? Um about the said place that isn't very accessible. <laughs> Esther you you had some quite strong views on that yesterday so you know elaborate
2: um there's a charity called victor who are absolutely incredible and i've been using them since i think we all have since we were kids right um and you know they they offer up amazing opportunities for weekends away for entire week-long trips to get
1: awards for cvs as well yeah, yeah yeah
2: yeah and it's it's you know specifically or this branch is specifically for blind people and it's it's where i've met well it's where i've met you guys it's where i've met most of my blind friends um who i now consider to be my my best friends some of them um and you know so it's so incredible that was so on the summer camp we all went to last year where it was such a close-knit community it was so brilliant we were all like best friends it was amazing there were some activities that just showcased what inaccessibility can look like but i think it, it was just
1: it was it, more
2: the venue uh, wasn't it mm, yeah because they work. were hijacking a pdl place
1: yeah
2: um, yeah so i think it's the it, it wasn't victor's fault is that they they used a facility that wasn't um accessible and you know i think it was just so concentrated because there were a load of blind people being told hey let's go look for insects um, but it, it was something to laugh about I think, but it was <laughs> yeah. And it, um,
1: and it's also very stony place, weren't it? And um, Oh the mobility you know, there was mobility issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um I got chips. Uh, <laughs> I did to bring it up. Um.
0: And do you do you think that it's it's a struggle when there are venues like that? to advocate because i feel like for me it was quite hard i would say this is inaccessible, but then also you know victor have obviously paid with you know the charity money to take you know obviously the individual people obviously pay but obviously victor will pay that you know a fee do you think that then it's hard to then say actually this is inaccessible because you almost feel bad because they've gone out of their time to do the risk assessment to get all the payment and things
2: yeah i think i think it is um it is really hard but i think it's also if we're taking Victor out of the you know the perspective because obviously you're right they have they have paid to give us this experience but if you're just talking about like the, the people at PTL who may have had like some standard training on visually impaired people it's more of a learning opportunity for them because they they may have I think the issue with training uh training staff about visual impairment is that you take the common sense out of it and then just pour in the training whereas you you need the common sense more than the training because if you're you know surrounded by 60 blind people having the common sense to go okay it says here on our sheet that that you're meant to be looking for insects but huh, <laughs> that seems <laughs> a little bit incompatible I think it is it is just about it's about learning and I think from a self-advocacy point of view it is it is hard to do because you don't want to appear um, ungracious but I think it, it is really important, and it's a it's a brilliant um, opportunity to do some like learning and to you know advocate for yourself. But I I do agree that in a situation where you've been you, you've been told that okay you can go to this blind camp where you'll be around other blind people and you can you know do things that are accessible for you to be placed in an environment where that isn't the case can be can be slightly you know annoying, but I think. Just the fact that because we were surrounded by people like us, just the whole experience was so united that you you sort of figured it out together. Um, and I think that was one of the great things about it.
0: I always find that how do you think, both of you, Lee and Hester, how do you think we can advocate in a way which isn't sounding like we're saying we don't like what you do but is also saying actually you need to change this or you need to change that
1: about this um personally i think um we uh, it's action that needs to be taken and will be taken um if the is very good, I'm not saying Victor, any charity, if they were a real charity, because most of these charities as well, we must admit, uh, like Victor, are also all volunteers, most of them. So um, th- these are people that are giving up their free time and doing this in their own time. And that's very important to recognise that. Um, but I just, I, I think um, that it we It's not the victors fault I think it's down to the public venue. it might be feedback we need to give back to them um it might it, it, and so yeah, I think that is really the reason I think uh we just need to more in the future I've learned from the summer camp last year that we need to communicate more what the issues are and just stay quiet in that sense.
2: Yeah, and I think from like a from like a general perspective, like in life, I think you know with, with the statistics that you're told every day, like you just told me that I didn't even know that cutting had been the funds had been cut by forty yeah. percent. Knowing that statistic makes you feel even more isolated. <laughs> like it it gives you a sense of okay, I I don't matter in the eyes of yeah. the government. But I think when you apply that to a situation, it can make you feel like. I I, you know I've been given this opportunity and you know because funding has been cut you know I should take it but I think that it is it's just important that you that every opportunity you get you are informing and teaching and learning from people and helping people to learn I think just the most of the discrimination that comes that you know Comes from visually impaired people. I partly blame I partly blame Eddie Murphy for his appalling um, representation of what blindness looks like. But um, I think it it just the stigma comes from ignorance. Um, you know, the word blind is such yeah. a general word. Like we it scares it,
1: people in that. It thing, it does,
2: but... and you know, even songs. Love is blind. I, I love you so much. It blinded me, or whatever. Like the it's such a vague word and so i think that's where all the ignorance comes from and yeah i think learning is the only thing we can keep doing and then also what i really
1: um um hate is when because i've had people say this to me in the past people say i'm going to have visually impaired um event or something like that and they go this is a sighted person says this to me (laughs) says um says to me um but you, you won't live in a sighted world in the big real world. Oh gosh. I,
2: oh, oh.
1: <laughs> you know, it, it's like, a, it's a, hold on. You don't know what it's like being in my world. I get your point. The world is a sighted world. Why can't we change that for one? And then for two is that the world is not accessible. That's why I want to do stuff like this. And it's harder for a BI person to go out and about and you know with their friends mm. it's harder to go out on our own in that sense you know what i mean yeah. um, and um so that's that's my um that's always my argument basically yeah.
2: yeah i have i have that too i um in was it in school i can't remember so i get i am extremely light sensitive so if a light mm. if i was just sat in a dark room and somebody would come and flick the light on and off it would cause an instant migraine um and I think I was told by someone in school, oh, you best get over that because the world isn't going to accommodate that. I'm like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, it's, and it's just, it is born from ignorance. And, you know, obviously, if I'm in an office job, I will have my own office where I can keep the lights off. <laughs> um, so it is just that people don't think, I think. Oh, um, yeah, it
1: honestly, it's very, it is quite stressful, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and it shouldn't be like that though should it it shouldn't mm. be like that no um, especially with my condition that i've got i've got such a rare condition called Wagger well, syndrome don't worry i'm not expecting anyone to know that because, i love
2: that name Sorry. no
1: the reason is i'm not expecting anyone to know that only I'm just under 500 people in the whole world have it the whole world not Lee, so the <laughs> not it's that rare there's another word for it and my condition come with a lot of different things um but the uh the main thing of it is the vision impairment i'm very lucky as well with my condition because some people um yeah i've never had this side but the w in wagon syndrome stands for wilms tumor um in the mm. kidneys and i'm very lucky i've never had that side and it gets more rare as i grow up but i have that regularly checked as well uh so uh, You know and I go to my local hospital sometimes and um, and they go they turn around to me say I don't know how to help you because I don't know what your condition is (laughs) yeah I get that I always get that so I go to the hospital in London North Eye Hospital um, Mm. that um, that yeah that's why and they're very helpful there to be honest the most helpful is hospital I've been to uh, with my eyesight, so that's really good.
2: And I feel like we might have Steered away from the question a little. Forward, I? <laughs> no, no,
0: no, no! no. It, it's great. This is what this podcast does. It allows us to open up so many, so many conversations that need to be spoken about. Um, but then I, when I go to my eye hospital, there's this, you know, I'm. It sounds bad, but. I even advocating for them. None of their signs are brailled in their department, and none of their lifts are brailled. Though they do not specialize, they special. You know, they're an eye. They they're an eye department. I do still think that being an eye department, you should take that
1: consideration. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, take that consideration yeah that's right sorry took a minute to work out what you just said yeah consideration into making that change but I think just me saying this there needs to be a change it's not going to change there needs to be more than one but then in some circumstances yes it only takes one but in some it doesn't only take one like I've told them several times and it hasn't changed so we just need to really like you know, advocate more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think building on that, cause like I'm, I'm going to throw a statistic at you now, Lee, I'm, I'm, I'm coming back at you. Okay. <laughs> so um, 80% of disability is acquired from the ages of 21 to 64. And that means that having a disability as a child is much rarer than as an adult, let alone blindness. Yeah. And so I think that that is when you try and advocate for yourself, it sort of feels like you're wading through much because you feel completely alone. And I think, you know, when I when I come to these sector trips and see like all of these people, I count them. I'm like, okay, there are about sixty of us here. We are scraping the bottom of the barrel of blind people in the UK. <laughs> um, and oh. it 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 just makes you feel like you're you're going through it alone. And I think that's why, yeah, because advocacy, you're right, you do need it, it can't and, just be one person. I'm but, very yeah. proud you brought that up. That it's
1: more in. Um older people, because mm-hmm. I went to our old people's day home um, a couple of weeks ago to deliver a quiz for them. so um, you'd be looking in because you're so old. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was doing it in partnership with RSBC, the Royal Society for Blind Children. And, yeah. um, and um, basically, um, what happened is that some of the people that are blind because they're the old, yeah? In that Mm. sense, not being horrible, by the way. Um,
2: And um,
1: (laughs) just want to make that clear. Um, And um, basically, um, they don't have any support with the VI side because these VI charities only offer for the most of them for the the younger people, not the older people. Yeah. So um, they don't have they have the support with the age side, um, but they don't have the support with the bi side and that's and that's obviously a very lonely world as well so for the people um, that don't have any support especially if you went behind uh, because of old age uh, and not used to it when you're younger so you obviously don't have any help yet. you don't have braille if you needed it cane you can't read that means you can't get around on yourself so you know it, these, all these nice things it means just taking it all your independence away
2: mm, and i think you know when when you have lost your sight at the age of 80 or whatever i think you know us three in this call i think we are quite able people i like yeah, yeah. We, have, we have a very good quality of life because we've learned to adapt to our situation um whereas somebody who's you know they they have a, they have a hip replacement. They have arthritis. They you know they have mobility issues already. Then going blind it, it's terrifying because you're terrified of falling and so you know just the world must have just seemed so much bigger and so much scarier now that you've you've just lost another facet of yourself. Whereas we have you know overcome so much stuff that we've just become so resilient and have just learned to view the world. We just. We live in the world in a different way, whereas they, they don't. And so I think it just there's so much more fear when you lose your sight. Yeah, and
1: it just proves that a VI person um, that can do anything. Very recently, uh, there's a mm-hmm. very famous guy going around um, that is visually impaired, son called Clark Ronald, um, and he's uh, he does a lot of braille art. Um,
2: Braille art? I did not yes.
1: know that. <laughs> uh, yes, he had, he's the first person to ever have a gallery in London. Oh. Art gallery, because of um, it basically was all these displays. Do You know, in the art galleries, you can't use you touch the art, can yeah. you? Um, no. But in this one, you could, because it was all tactile. Um, and all the art, he made pictures just by braille dots. Um and I went to have a yoke. It was very cool.
2: So does um, it actually like say stuff, does it spell words? Uh, so you're so, the only one who can access it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, um, so some of them do make special words. So I know someone that went a couple of weeks ago and you had to eat, 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 eat. they met him in person. I've personally never met him in person. Um he's actually a patron of Victor as well. Um and um basically um what happens is That he, um, you think of one word that describes you. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then, for example, and then basically you make a picture out of them braille dots. But it might not make sense when the picture's there, but you're the only one. It's actually a code, basically, that you know. It's very, it's quite cool.
2: Yeah. That's just got me to think of like the words I would describe you guys as. Oh no, no, I've gone down. (laughs) I dread to think what mine
1: is um. Or mine.
2: <laughs>
0: but um yeah, I mean I I did boil like, a lot in lockdown. Um mm. It it's such an interesting thing, you know, the first time I ever heard of it, I was in a um I was somewhere, I can't remember where, and um they were like, Oh, I wanna make a birthday card for your uncle um because i told yeah. them it was my uncle ben, and i was like yeah 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 and they were like want to see braille art and i was like braille art they were like oh yeah yeah you can make a you can make a birthday cake out of braille and i was like um how <laughs> but but yeah but to be fair when i feel it now when i felt it i i couldn't tell what it was but when i showed it to me i was like oh look at this he was like Oh my days! It's a cake. How did you do that? It's braille, and I was like, ah,
1: yeah. like that's
0: so crazy that you know. Because obviously I can't see anything, so I didn't know that it had come out really well. But you know, um it did, and I think so many things go our way, but our mental health has been um knocked down so many times. Most of the time, we just like, "Oh no, it's gonna be crap." It's but do you know what I mean? It's quite, it's so difficult, do you know what I mean? But I think...
2: No, I, I do, yeah. I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, I think
0: is, society yeah. society is slowly changing.
1: I, I was just going to say, I think it's the very important words that we do hear a lot in this um, world is it's very good to recognise how far we've come, but we've got so far to yet to go. Mm,
2: you know? Yeah exhibit a the paralympics <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but i think you know malachi when you said like obviously you didn't know what it looked like you did just remind me of you know one of the hardest things and you know i'm the only teenage girl on this course <laughs> um but um i think it's it's just because being a teenage girl is hard enough i think because of the fact that like i have functional vision but you know still sometimes having said like rely on your friends sometimes. So, you know, a small example would be like, oh, uh, what, what if it was like a buffet, what, what what, are the options on different things? You know, relying on your friends to do that for you. It um, sort of puts you on the back foot a little bit. Um, and, you know, in extreme cases, it can make you feel like a burden to your friends. And I think, you know, having to rely on sides of people when your every instinct is screaming at you that you can do this alone and you're fine and you just need to, you know, you need to prove yourself. I yeah. think that's something that you have to really come to terms with. And, yeah, it can be really damaging for your mental health because, you know, we are, as I said, really able people. But, you know, the fact that you do need help sometimes is,
0: yeah, tough. Do you think it's hard to ask for help as a blind um, person individually to you, Hester?
2: Oh, my God, definitely. I It took me so long to to do it. I think... Okay. I am actually going to name and shame. So, you know, I am, uh, the guide dog process. I am, I'm very excited. I'm getting a guide dog in a couple of weeks, which is really exciting. But, you know, um, the, the early stages of that process is mobility training. And, you know, I, I have a cane. using it was really challenging. And when I went into like, you know, they do like shop training or whatever. And they like to play this little game of go up to that person and ask for help. And I physically couldn't do it. And I would lock up and not be able to move, um, which I find really interesting because when I was on my own at the age of eight, I was perfectly comfortable with going up and saying, excuse me, could you help me find this? And I'm not I'm not really sure what it is. I think it just means, might be that I despise role play and everything it stands for, but I think it's yeah it's just really tough when yeah I, I don't really know how to describe the difference between being told hey go up to that person and ask for help and just knowing because I think it was the fact that they were implying that I needed help when yeah. I hadn't explicitly said that I needed help but when I went up to someone and just was very comfortable in the fact that I can't find this ergo uh, I should go ask someone but I I think it just was something about them in, like implying that I needed it Um, But I think, yeah, Mm -hmm. and that's just a thing that's gone through the rest of my life. I think I have got better at it, um, but I still get, you know, uncomfortable if I'm like at the front of the lunch queue and I still don't know what's on the menu, I would probably just go, yeah, sure, and not know what I was getting because it's just really hard because you're constantly putting up this facade of, I'm fine, I'm fine, I can do everything, I'm fine. And then, you know, so... I think I've done that so convincingly because obviously I go to I go to a mainstream school. It's very academically competitive, so you know I think I've just convinced everyone. Sometimes people forget that I can't see, and so I think I've just convinced them to the point that they don't they don't offer help anymore, which is brilliant. But like I think sometimes they forget, and that can make me feel like oh I can't ask for help now. <laughs> yeah, but, I think yeah.
1: I think what's the hardest is Hester has the most vision out of the doll, don't you? So yeah, it, it just I suppose it's more harder because you like still forget to be forgotten about. And I can agree with Hester, everything she said. there. I do the same. I, If I don't know what's happening, I won't ask for a repeat or ask for help because you feel embarrassed in that sense. You feel like it's not okay to ask for that because you don't want people to think of you in that way. You know yeah. what I mean? And because we're not doing it because to, you know, um, be annoying or anything or, you know, etc whatever It's just we're doing it just because we weren't sure but you but when we're just about to go and do it your brain tells you no don't do it just go with it
2: yeah yeah no definitely and i think do you you personally find it like if somebody so i know when we were on the blind camp because i had the most vision i it was a really good opportunity for me to go right okay what are all the things that i hate when people do and what i hate when they don't do it and how could i you know Mm. help out the people who have less vision. So like if I was like stood in the lunch queue with, I don't know, Tobin. Shout out yeah. to Tobin. Can I just yeah. shout out Malachi? <laughs> shout out yeah. to Tobin. Um if I was you know, with him, I would, you know, read out the options if I could see them. But like, do you because obviously I know what I find it helpful when somebody just gives you help without you asking for it. You know, sometimes yeah. it can feel a little bit like Okay, I didn't ask for help, but at the same time you're like, thank you. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I find that a party
1: mm. sighted person being with a party sighted person, mm. um, if it's safe to do so. Um, <laughs> and, and, um, um, but um, but it's being with a party sighted person, they can relate and they are helpful at the same time. And what's good about you, you get the best of both worlds. Well, yeah, know yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I do find it helpful to be honest. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you think that sometimes you might show that you might say something along the lines of, I didn't, I didn't,
1: your identity. Oh, I didn't ask
0: for help, but then you're like, actually, no, that was really rude. I'm so sorry. But I feel like I do that more because so many people jump to help. I don't need help.
1: <laughs> yeah, I suppose if you don't need help, I know what you mean, because I hate it when like, when I'm at home and my mum gets involved and my dad gets involved. I'm like, I can do this on myself in that sense. Um, I can do it. When you can do something, and if, when you feel like um, you are being put on barriers as well, when barriers are being put on you, when you know you can do it and you want to prove you can do it as well that is very annoying and yeah yeah
2: Yeah, i think um the first time i realized that people so when i was like learning to use a cane uh about the age i was like seven um so you know i'd I'd be walking along and you know completely oblivious to the fact that you know i was putting a big fat sign on my health on my head saying you know i'm blind um and this guy came over he was drunk and you know drunk men are something I uh, tend to stay away from um, at this age because Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but you know he he just lumbered over to me and pulled me to the other side of the road and I was like not only did I not want to be on this side what? of the road he now pulled me into oncoming traffic so um, but I think at that point I froze because honestly, it would have been completely fine for me to go, what do you think you're doing? Let go of me. I
1: hate crime.
2: But on- honestly, but I think because, and that's happened to me, you know, a more, at a more recent age, because, you know, helping a child out is very different to helping like a, a nearly adult woman out, which is just mm. really weird. Because I think if a sighted woman had just been grabbed by someone and pulled in a direction they weren't going, it would be completely re- like realistic for them to, you know, slap them and, you know, dream but yeah. there's an expectation on you that because you're blind just people are just oh how could you be so mean to that person who was just trying to help you Like, uh, um, and it's just the expectation that your body isn't your body anymore um, which is
1: no, honestly, that just brought back memories of you that you. I I don't think it was as bad as you had to get pulled across the road. I, oh my God, um, that's a whole nother story. Um, but um, this person that was um drunk or definitely on drugs. Um, can't confirm what one, but one of them, and um, basically. Yeah, I was in Greater London in Orpington where my college is, and mobility, in fact, I was on mobility lessons and we're we'll walking to the local Tesco's um, and on the way to Tesco's, this, a person, this man comes up to my face and says, I'm eagerly blind, I am eagerly blind. <laughs> why? I, I don't know why. That's all he kept saying. I just walked away, sort of thing. Uh, this man, and I was walking back, when I was walking back, um this man says, because I wear a sun hat, um, because I can't cope in the bright sun, basically, because oh, yeah. my oh. eyes don't judge to it, the sun. Um, yeah, uh, and then basically on the way back, uh, when I was walking, this man was shouting at me, take off your hat, take off your hat. <laughs> <laughs> the same man. It was like <laughs> uh, Nothing physical happened, but it was just, it was like, what's the point what are you really trying to do out of it and obviously you didn't listen to him but if I did take off my hat what are you going to do to me you know yeah, what I, I mean
2: <laughs> I think um something <laughs> actually happened to me very recently which actually like looking back on it it was you know funny but like really yeah. kind of not so I was um uh, I am I don't know if I'm allowed to say this when I'm actually in production but anyway I'll, I'll say it you know I'll, I'll cheat um I am currently filming a documentary with um channel five about guide dogs and um i was good at a crossing because i had i was using my cane for the filming and this guy was next to me holding a camera um and this guy so you know traffic was going this guy rolls down his window so he's like on the other side of the lane and the, that lane is like slow traffic and this one and the other and the lane closest to me is fast traffic if you know what i mean yeah. um and so this guy rolls down his window and shouts at me, it's green, you can go. When you're thinking about it like in a funny sense, ha ha ha, really funny, what a smart guy. If you're thinking about it in a legal sense, That is, as best a hate crime and at worst attempted murder. Because <laughs> if, if I hadn't had mobility skills and didn't know that there was a truck coming at me, if I'd walked out into the road and gotten myself killed, you would now be responsible for my death. <laughs>
0: just- well... Well, yeah, because well, yeah, because as blind people, we we're, we're told to even if we know it's green, or even if the spinny cone is spinning, um, ah, the
2: spinny cone shout out, <laughs> yeah,
0: the little spinny cone. Um, but we, whatever, whether it's that type of crossing or if it's a crossing, you know, that goes red, yellow, red, yellow, green, we're told to wait until there is no, that you can't hear any traffic. Yeah. And if there is a car near, you're told to wave them on because you don't know if they're saying hi to somebody else across the road or if they're sorting out something in their car. So I think there are so many things that blind people have to do that sighted people don't have to do, but they don't see that because...
2: Yeah, they won't even think about that. No. Yeah.
0: No, and I think, you know, and I think, you know, the documentary you're filming for Channel 5, I think it hopefully, um, I don't know much about it, but hopefully it should help people more understand blind people. um, Because I think if any blind person, whatever the documentary is, whatever it's on, if there's any blind person in the media... I think that would help anyway because it's bringing light onto it.
1: Mm. Yeah, very true. And when is this the documentary coming out? Can you say August? I think.
0: Well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining.
1: Thank you for no, having me This your... is so fun. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. Thank you for your first freeway podcast. You know, Hester, me are great. Time, I'm right? so honoured. I did not know. This.
2: He started recording. I was like, this is our first freeway podcast. I was like whoa, I, whoa.
0: <laughs> so yeah thank you everybody for joining and I will see you next week for an epic podcast thanks for watching If you've been affected by anything discussed in this week's podcast then you can visit www.pirus-uk.org if you've been affected by anything discussed in this week's podcast about sight loss and need sight loss advice and to talk to the RNIB sight loss advisors then you can visit www.rnib.org.uk forward slash living dash with dash sight dash loss forward slash remember not everything can have a trigger warning on it so if you have been affected by anything and the support service hasn't been on here then you can try and look at the citizens advice website or you can message me on instagram facebook tiktok and twitter at malavision 2023 where i will endeavor to help you you can find all my social medias including news articles at
1: linktr.ee forward slash malavision thank you